What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Listening to Dr. Rob White with the AULC Ministries. Scan the QR code to visit our website at AULC.us and find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and TalkShoe. The following presentation is from a new series from Dr. Rob White called Blast from the Past. In this series, Dr. Rob will feature past sermons that were recorded live. We hope you enjoy this new series. Let's start off the sermon with a prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we come today, opening your word once again, we just ask that you'll open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds to what you have to tell us today, Lord. Let those with ears hear as your scriptures say. So we just ask this morning that you'll open our ears and let us hear, let us see what you have to say. We ask this in your son Jesus' precious name. Our scripture today comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 81, 8 to 14. Listen, my people, I will admonish you. Israel, if you would only listen to me, there must not be a strange God among you. You must not bow down to a foreign God. I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to me. Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own plans. If only my people would listen to me and Israel would follow my ways, I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Now in this text this morning, God is pleading with Israel to stop what they're doing. Stop right then and listen to him. All he wants is them to hear what he has to say. Now, how many times do you think that God, even today, has tried to stop us and just say, hey, wait, I want to tell you something. And we're too busy to hear him. How many times has God had something really specific or something urgent that we needed to hear, but yet... We were busy doing something else and not paying attention to what he had to say. What could be more important than hearing God and what he wants us to hear when he tells us something? Nothing could be more urgent or more necessary or more rewarding than hearing what God has to say. In other words, God wants to be heard. That's the bottom line. Now, why does God still today 
several thousand years later from his chosen people, why does he still talk to us today? Well, God loves us as much as he loves the Israelites, the, the Jewish people, his chosen people. In those days, God would speak to the Israelites and to the Jews through prophets. He would choose someone that would become his spokesperson to Israel. Sometimes people didn't want to hear what the prophet had to say, but they knew that if this prophet was speaking, it wasn't his words, it was God's words. And when God wanted to get his people's attention, he would do some really unthinkable and remarkable things just to get their attention. He might do things like give water from a rock or manna from heaven. Maybe put a pillar of fire at night over his people so that they could travel by night and then a cloud over them during the day so that they would have shade and shadow to, to shade them from the heat. And maybe they wanted to have something more spectacular so he would do something that would catch their eye. The same goes for us today. God loves us just as much as he loved Israel. The Israelites, of course, were God's chosen people, but today we are God's children. Those who have a personal relationship with God, he will treat you just like his child. Now, when he wants to get your attention, he doesn't do it quite like my parents did. Whenever I heard my full name, first, middle, and last, I knew I was in trouble. That got my attention. Mom or dad or both, they wanted something and usually it meant I was in trouble. God doesn't use our full names to get our attention, but he has his ways. And we too, just like Israelites, we need direction as well. Much like Abraham and Moses and Joshua and Jacob and Noah, he chose each of those people to be leaders. Leaders that could take the Israelites out of harm's way and put them where God needed them to be or where God wanted them to be. God needed Abraham to become a father of nations. He needed Moses to lead his people out of slavery out of Egypt. He needed Joshua to lead them into the promised land, the land of milk and honey. He needed Noah to build a, an ark so that he could save some of the, the animals and a few of the people and cleanse the world. In every instance, these leaders, they all told God, find someone a little more suitable. I'm not the right person. Moses says, I, I don't speak well. I have a stammer. I can't really talk in front of people. Jesus says, I'll get someone to help you. So his brother Aaron helped him. In each case, they said, find someone else. In each case, God showed them exactly what they needed to do to be the, the leader, the strengths, the skills that they possessed so that they could do God's work. And we need God's direction today. There are many times today that God will choose someone and he'll get the same response. Eh, find someone else to do that. 
I'm not quite the person you're looking for. But he shows us how to do the work that he's asked each of us to do. Many years ago, God called me into the ministry. I was like these early leaders. I told God, I'm going, eh, okay, but I'm not really the person you're looking for. But I tell you what, I know what my skills are. I know what my strengths are. So I'll go into the ministry, but I'll do it my way. I won't do it your way because you want me up in front of people in a pulpit. I know that, but you know what? I know more than you. So I joined the sound ministry. You don't get any more in the back of the church than the soundboard. I can be behind everybody. I can be hidden behind this little console. No one's going to see me, and I can do God's work. Yay for me. Well, that worked out for mm, a short time. Then when I married my, my late wife, Judy, she discovered I had a talent to be able to sing. So she gets me to get up in front of the church and sing a solo. I didn't think I'd done very well. I was nervous, but everyone seemed to like it. And so again and again, I was asked to come up and sing. So instead of saying, okay, God, I know what you want. I chose to join the video ministry too. That's in the back of the church too. I won't have to be up front as much. Cool. Didn't really work out for me very well. In uh, 2001, I had a had an collision with a drunk driver. I had a broken le uh, left hip, left, left leg was dislocated, other injuries and all. I was laid up for six months, couldn't walk. When I finally was able to learn to walk again, I moved to Kansas, and uh, that was kind of my tornado that took me to Kansas. I did find out one thing upon arriving in Kansas, they all believe in Dorothy there. <laughs> uh, Dorothy's very real in Kansas, and so was Toto. But we get to Kansas, we join a little church, and the first thing I know, I'm in their praise team. Here I'm up front again. I'm going, I don't wanna be in front. We joined a year later another church, a larger church, and their sound ministry was full. I couldn't get there, so I ended up in the praise band. And then I ended up in a men's quartet. And I'm going, God, I can't win. And he's going, you're right, you can't win. He says, I'm going to get you. So I decided, okay, so I started my studies to go into the ministry to be a minister and like that, and, and I thought, okay, He's got me where he wants me. Everything's fine now. Well, 2006, we moved back. We joined United Methodist Church here in town. And uh, again, I go straight to the soundboard. They needed someone to run the sound, and I'm your man. And uh, the preacher come up one day, says, I want you to be a lay speaker. I said, I can do that. What's a lay speaker? Well, that's someone that fills in for the pastor and preaches whenever I've got a day off or I'm on sick or I'm on vacation. And I'm going, oh, well, I put my foot into that one. Okay. So I went, took the classes, became a certified lay speaker. And I come back that, that next Sunday after taking the classes and I've got my certification. I'm showing the pastor and he says, good, you're preaching next week. <laughs> what? Great. Okay, God, you got me where you want me. But I don't belong behind the pulpit. I walk up behind the pulpit that next Sunday I'm not nervous. 
I'm cool and calm, collected, and I'm feeling this is where I need to be. And God's going, what? Just like Denozo, you know, Gibbs on NCIS, smacks him on the back of the head. He's going, told you. I preached. My, my first sermon there, done well. One of the older members comes up to me afterwards, said that was much better than last week. I said, but I didn't preach last week. He says, you know what I'm talking about then, don't you? <laughs> I don't think I'll report that to the pastor if you don't mind. God finally had me where he wanted me. He had me behind the pulpit. And I realized then, it took a two before, but he got me where he wanted me. It wasn't too long after that that I joined the Wesley Chapel here in Montgomery County, became the pastor there for a couple of years, till they ran out of finances and had to close the doors. And uh, I thought, well, okay, God excused me, that's good. I can take a break now, go do something else. And he says, no, you're gonna plant a church. And so he had me plant Athens Universal Life Church. And it's a church online. We don't have a brick and mortar church, but that's why we can be like here today and at Ben Hur on Sunday afternoons because we don't have a building holding us down. And we can bring the word of God to people like you folks that can't get out. You need to be fed just like everybody else. God knows that. So he's got me again, right where he wants me. And this time I'm going, yes, I'm here. I know what you want me to do. So we can say after that, the rest is history, you know. God knows what's best for each one of us. We all need his comfort. We need his reassurance, much like the, the believers in the Bible in the old days. We may think we know more than God sometimes, but God always knows what's best for us. We may pray to win the lottery by having millions of dollars. I can live comfortably for the rest of my life and I won't have to worry about anything. I won't have to need for anything. I'll have millions of dollars. It'll last me forever. Well, then a year or two later, you're back at the factory again because what happened? You blew it all. It didn't last you forever. God doesn't let you win the lottery because he knows <laughs> he knows what you're going to do with it. I guess that's why I've never won the lottery. The millions of dollars won't take care of us. God will, though. I've read stories about people who've won the lottery. They've won millions of dollars. And, oh, I've quit my job, and I've done this. And they, they start buying houses and cars and everything. And before you know it, it's gone. I, I knew a a guy here in town that won, it wasn't a large sum, but it was large enough, didn't last him more than a couple of months because he went out and just started buying things. And all of a sudden, the money's gone. And he quit his job and everything. It was just gone. He was, he was going to live on Easy Street. Well, Easy Street had a dead end sign on it. We don't need a quick fix like winning the lottery because God already knows what we're going to do. He knows where we're going to end up. He knows why we are where we are. And he knows what it's going to take to get us out of whatever situation we're in. He's going to take care of us because he knows what lies ahead. 
he may send you a check in the mail that you weren't expecting because you had a large bill to pay and all of a sudden now you've got the exact amount of money you needed to pay that bill. And you've been worrying about that and you've been praying over it and all of a sudden it comes from nowhere. It may not make you rich, but it took care of that situation. You may have a, you know, a need, I, I need groceries. I don't know where my next meal is going to come from. All of a sudden someone invites you out to eat. Or they end up on your front porch with bags of groceries. Can you use these? I have too much. God's taking care of you. He's, it's just the, way, the same way he, he did with the Israelites. They needed his comfort, his guidance, his assurance. We need that too. We need to read our Bibles and we need to pray often. And then don't just stop at amen. Before you say amen, stop and listen. Listen for God to respond. Because God might just give you a response right then and there. But if you hang up on him and say amen and go about your day, well, you just hung up on God. Maybe he's trying to get your attention. And all he wants you to do is just stop for just a second and listen. In our busy world today, we don't have time to listen for a response. We've got to get it done now. Now we've got to move on to the next thing. We expect that we're going to pray. God's going to leave it on voicemail or an instant message or a text message. Because if it's important, he'll get through to us. Well, no, if it's important, he needs to get through to us. We need to let him. The most important thing that God wants us to know today is him. He wants us to know him. Sure, there's important things like dates and anniversaries and birthdays and the like that is important to us. But what's important to God is to know Him. And that's the most important thing ever. Will all the people in the world that don't know Jesus or don't know God, what about them? Because it's important that they know Jesus and God too, but are they going to just simply just go and not go to heaven? First, we've got to note that the Bible says that God will judge all people righteously. It seems that there's going to be a stricter judgment for someone that rejects the gospel than someone who's never heard the gospel to begin with. Paul tells us that those that have never heard of the law are not imputed sin under the law. He also tells us that those who follow the law, like the practicing Jews, for example, will be judged by the law. The people who've never heard of the law, they've never heard of God or Jesus or His saving grace, they'll be judged by what He's placed in their hearts. Romans 2, 14-16 tells us, For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves, in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscious bearing witness, and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them on the day when, according to the gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. Now, strict Calvinists will tell you that God only chooses certain people for salvation, and they'll damn the rest to go to hell. But the Bible indicates that God wants every person to be saved, 
and nobody to perish. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some people would understand slowness. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us that. Now, although God would want every person to be saved, he doesn't force anybody to spend eternity with him. We all have the freedom of choice to seek after him or to reject him. There is one particular class of individuals, though, that will certainly go to heaven even if they don't know Christ or if they've never heard of Christ or if they've never even accepted Christ. The Bible makes it clear that infants and children who die will go to heaven based on their inability to fully understand the difference of good and evil and to make a rational choice. Same way with older individuals who are unable due to maybe a mental disability to understand. They go to heaven without the requirement of having directly chosen Christ as their Savior. And that's good to know. But how does God speak to us today? God uses several ways. One, he uses his Bible, the printed word itself. Within the pages of the Bible, we find guidance, instruction, warnings, challenges, comfort, assurances. And most of all, we find God's thoughts. Every time we open the Bible and we reread the scriptures, almost every time we're going to find a new meaning to a scripture that we didn't see there before. God uses the Bible in this way to speak to us, to show us different meanings, so that we'll continually hear what He is telling us. God also uses His Holy Spirit, and by our daily walking and being surrendered to His power, we'll hear from the Holy Spirit by the way of thoughts and impressions and impulses and other means. How many times have you been walking down the street or going through the grocery store and all of a sudden this little voice in your head starts talking? Now, I'm not talking about the little voices that make you do crazy things. Oh, the voices are back. No, not those voices. I'm talking about this little kind of conscience, a little voice in the back of your head that tells you that you need to call someone or you need to swerve right or you need to do something that little voice that's guiding you maybe you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you swerve and you don't realize why you swerved well there was a big rock or other debris in the road that could have caused an accident or damage to your car that's that's the holy spirit talking to you telling you move over do this it's it's keeping you safe Maybe you have a thought that just all of a sudden enters your head about a, a close friend or a family member. And you haven't thought about them for a while, but then all of a sudden it's really strong. And you go, I need to call them. And you call them and you find out they've got some important news or something's happened or whatever. And there again, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. God will also use other people. They'll use people around you. Then in your daily lives or someone passing by or someone you just get in a conversation with. And a person, a God can use a person to tell you something, to get a message to us. God can speak to us in the voice of another person. And we may not realize this at first, but consider this. You're trying to make a difficult decision or uh, you've got a tough decision to make and 
you're, you're praying about it and all this, and then all of a sudden someone calls you and they give you the answer even though they don't know what you're struggling with. That's God talking to you. It might even come from an unlikely source. You may turn on the radio and all of a sudden the words of a song just light out to you and they tell you what you need to know. And you may have never heard that song before, but God had you turn the radio on at that particular time and played that song. It just gives you the answer. I had a nephew that was involved in an auto accident a little over a year ago. He was thrown from the vehicle. As a result, he's paralyzed from the waist down. And after hearing of his accident, I'm asking God why. He was not even 21 years old yet. And I'm going, he's got his whole life ahead of him. What's going on here? You know, he's a good kid. He goes to church and he's working and he never does drugs and all this. And all of a sudden now he's, he's paralyzed. You know, this is going to ruin his entire life. And then a song came on the radio by the Greens called When God, <coughs> excuse me, When God Has Another Plan. I never heard that song before. But while I'm talking to God about this, it comes on the radio. It talks about Joseph when he was young, thrown into the pit by his brother, sold into slavery, eventually becoming the ruler of, of Egypt. God had another plan for Joseph. He didn't want him to be a shepherd all of his life. He had a plan for him to rule Egypt and help his people. And this is what the song talks about. We don't know what God has in, in, in plan for us. But when God has another plan, he changes the circumstances to fit his plan. My nephew today, he's going strong. Yeah, he's wheelchair bound, but that doesn't stop him. He still goes hunting. He goes out with friends. He drives. He goes to work. He's working with... Uh, a local excavation company, and his dream is to get in one of these big skid loaders and operate it. That's what his dream's always been. They're fixing up a special wheelchair for him with tracks on it, like a tank, so that he can go onto construction sites and work sites. And then he's already learning how to climb up into the skid loader. Guess what? The skid loader doesn't take feet to operate takes hands only. This is perfect. He's got his dream job. But he is going strong. God allows for circumstances like this, and tragedy and failure and success and disappointment. He allows for those to get our attention. Things like these sometimes open our minds to God's voice, tragedies like 9-11 or the Challenger explosion in 1986, sometimes those things can speak to us. The tragedies may not be as bad in our lives as it is for the nation, may not be as devastating, but we may see something on a TV show or a movie or a scene of a, a show or whatever, all of a sudden it's going, that's what I'm going through. How did they get through it? Well, you know, maybe that's my answer. I'm not saying that we're all going to be scripted in our lives, 
But sometimes God will show us how our lives could play out. Sometimes we get an answer by just watching these things and seeing how some other people's got through them. Just like with my nephew, he didn't let his disability get him down. He's living a very full life today. He may one day, hopefully, that he'll get his, his movement back. We don't know. But for now, it's not even bothering him. Well, we'll be at a family dinner and uh, I'll go, well, stand up. Oh, wait, you are, you know. <laughs> and some people that would bother. For him, he just laughs it off. He thinks it's funny. He's 21. What does he know, right? But he's let, not letting life get in the way. He's not letting it stop him. What are some other methods that God used to get our attention? Sometimes God will cause us to have a restless spirit. There's a, an uneasiness something we're not quite sure about. There's a question in the back of our mind and we just can't stop thinking about it, whether we're at work or at the doctor's office or school or wherever. And when that happens and we don't know quite for sure what it is, we need to stop and we got to ask God, what are you trying to tell me? Because he's trying to talk to us. It's times like these that God is getting our attention. And usually, we get really distracted at these times. And when it happens, we can't concentrate and we make bad decisions or we make mistakes. And God wants our attention. He'll never give up. Just like what I was telling you earlier about the ministry. He wasn't giving up on me. We need to take time out. We need to find out what is bothering us. We need to pray about it. We need to ask God, okay, what are you trying to tell me? I really don't have the time, but guess what? I'm going to stop and listen. I want you to tell me what's bothering me. And then we're not going to hang up on him. We're not going to say amen. We're going to sit there and we're going to be prayerful about it. And we're going to listen. Sometimes God will send somebody to talk to us. God sent Nathan to David to talk to him about his sinful ways with Bathsheba. When we talk to friends or we talk to family, we need to listen as well as talk and be willing to take some good advice. We need to talk to God then about the advice that we was just given. We need to see if that was God talking or is this something that they just want us to hear. Sometimes, I know friends mean well, but sometimes they'll tell us exactly what we want to hear and we're going, oh, we feel so much better now. But that's maybe not what God wants us to hear. We need to take some good quality time, quality prayer time, and talk to God. And verify, is this you talking? Is this what you're wanting me to know? Yes, I really have a winning lottery ticket. I'll just go spend a dollar. No, it doesn't work that way. But God, what do you want me to know? Sometimes he'll send blessings. There may be unusual or abundant blessings financially or spiritually. Or maybe it's the way that something is happening at home or at work or whatever. And it may seem that God is just piling blessing upon blessing upon blessing. He's wanting us to stop and ask him, why all the blessings? Not complaining, but why are you blessing me so much? What did I do to deserve this? 
He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to ask him why we're getting all the blessings. Now, blessings can come in many forms. Maybe some money that just got sent to you that you weren't expecting, or maybe you got a, a raise or a promotion or a bonus, or uh, like I said earlier, someone invites you out to dinner or brings you groceries, or out of the blue, just something happens. Maybe you're lonely and God sends you someone. Blessings come in all forms, and we don't recognize some of these blessings until years later. And then sometimes, unfortunately, God doesn't always answer our prayers. Answered prayers indicate that everything is going well. And between what you're praying about, what God's giving you. But sometimes God doesn't answer your prayer because he's got something else to tell us. And we're not listening quite yet. Unanswered prayers drives us back to God again. We got to see what's going wrong when the prayer's not getting answered. And sometimes we thank God for unanswered prayers, like the Garth Brooks song says. Maybe God doesn't answer our prayers because we're not ready yet for the answer. Or maybe the answer is no. God, I want to win the lottery. No. Okay, that's what I get. And sometimes he wants us to be like the persistent widow, asking, again and again and again because if we ask for it once and we're done maybe we don't deserve an answer maybe we don't deserve to know yes or no but if we ask for it over and over again then God's going to go okay you really want to know this or you really want this he's going to help you out when your kids at Christmas and birthdays oh I really want that Tommy gun, or I really want that horse or whatever. They didn't just ask once, did they? They asked again and again and again until they got it or they didn't get it. But that's the way God is with us. We're just like little kids. He wants to hear from us. Then God may allow disappointments to get us back, to come back to him. He may, may allow a failure or a financial collapse or unusual circumstances or a sickness or a tragedy to come about so that we'll turn around and we'll talk to God. All these will cause someone to get back to God faster than anything because we've got to find out what's wrong. We've got to start talking to God and then he'll start talking to us. We may see a failure in a business deal or a lost promotion at work or Maybe we lose some money in the stock market. Maybe have an auto accident. We get sick for several weeks. It causes us to lose weeks of work. We have lost wages. We have a lot loved one suffering from an illness or an addiction. And it causes us to take valuable resources from our lives and give to them to help them out. And we really can't afford it. Times like this will get us to seek God out again for advice for comfort, for reassurance. God will use these circumstances to get us back to Him. And in most cases, He'll work with us to rebuild our resources and our finances and gain our losses back because we sought Him out and we allowed Him to help. And as we conclude, some people think God is being cruel and doesn't love us when bad things happen. But we need to remember that God's trying to get our attention, to tell us something. 
Sometimes bad things happen to good people. But when God's there, good things will start to happen once again. God will use our circumstances to get our attention. It's only when we shut God out do the bad things continue to happen. Remember, when God is calling, we need to answer the call. Our caller ID may not say it's God. It may say unknown or private. But we need to answer it because we know deep down inside it's God calling and we've got to answer that. Think back over the last year, over 2017. Do you see anything in your life that might have been, might have been God trying to get your attention and then you were too busy and you wasn't paying attention or you didn't listen? When I think back, I can see some things that, again, I was trying to do myself that I knew I could do better than God and I wasn't paying really attention to what God wanted me to see. And I finally let God talk to me and things started to make sense again. See, I'm a slow learner. I admit that. But hindsight is always 2020. It'd be nice if life had a reset button or a redo button and we look back and go, you know, I wish I'd done this this way. We hit a reset button and then, boom, we can do it and we can make everything happy again. Unfortunately, God doesn't allow us to have a reset button. We go on. But we learn from our mistakes. Because when we think back and we say, well, that was kind of God telling me something and I didn't listen. Now, the next time I go to do something, I'm going to think of that. I'm going to go, you know what? He might be talking to me again. I'm going to do it a different way this time. And I'm going to let God do it his way. When things seem to get out of place, you stop what you're doing and see what God is wanting you to know. Get into his word. Read your Bible a little bit every day. Join a Bible study or get with a friend and have devotions over morning coffee. Check your thoughts, your impulses, your impressions. What do you see? Listen to those voices in your head. Not the ones that tell you that to do crazy things. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit voices. Listen to them. Listen carefully to everyone you're talking to. Because you never know. The next person you talk to may be God talking to you. What about you've witnessed an unusual event and maybe you're stopping thinking and then God is telling you something about that event and you need to be listening. What is God trying to tell you? You might hear God talking in a conversation. Sounds like the voice of your friend or a family member, but it's still God talking. You need to be able to hear that. Looking back on my early days in the ministry, I started doing things right. Then I decided to do it my own way. God had to hit me up with a two before several times. Had to smack me on the back of the head like Gibbs does to Nozo in NCIS. And get me on the, the, the right track. Every once in a while, he still has to smack me. Of course, now Gibbs' name is Carol. And so <laughs> she, she keeps me in line. Exactly. Every day, we need to walk as the Holy Spirit guides us, and we need to listen and stay in God's Word. Talk with God.
but also take time to listen to God. And we need to learn to hear God's voice. That's our Lord's message for this Lord's day, and I hope that you got a blessing out of it. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for hearing your voice. There were so many times while I was writing this sermon that I heard your voice. I didn't know what the next thing I was going to talk about, but you gave that to me, and I thank you, Lord, for that. Because you know not only what I need to hear, but what we all need to hear, and we thank you for that, Lord. We ask as we go our, our different ways today that you be with each and every one of us. Bless us and keep us, and just be with us, Lord, each and every day. We ask this in your Son, Jesus' precious name. Amen. Go out this week. Be a blessing and be blessed, because the more you're a blessing, the more you will be blessed. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for watching and listening to Dr. Rob White with the AULC Ministries. Athens Universal Life Church is a not-for-profit 501c3 organization. This production is an AULC Studios video production. Copyright 2012-2023. All rights reserved. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.